Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking, uh, it's going to be a short podcast, but it's going to be a very, very powerful podcast. We're going to be talking about some mindset stuff here. And really, one of the areas that we probably never thinking about and has a, a profound impact on our daily lives. And we're going to be talking about uh, the push-pull dilemma, right? Everything in our life is either pushing us or pulling us. And we're going to stick with this for the whole thing. And it's, it's extremely important that we understand why this is. It's the reason why a lot of us stay craftsmen and we stay stuck on the tools. It's also the reason why some of us, you know, go around like the corporate route and we never do manual labor. And, you know, it, there's a, it's the reason why there's all kinds of trades in the world and professions and everything else. Why this person wants to be a doctor and this person wants to be a teacher and this person wants to be an engineer and so on and so on. Everything in our life is either pushing us towards something or pulling us away from something. Okay. And so I want you to lock on to this. Get your sights on it. Put the crosshairs on this and uh, really pay attention to this podcast episode. So you can look at it like this. It's either things that you like or things that you don't like. That's the simplest way. But a lot of times the things that we may like or don't like aren't necessarily a push or a pull. Because whenever we do something new, let's say I, I'll give you an example. Uh, this summer, we went on a vacation down to Cancun, my wife and a bunch of our friends. I've talked about it before, and I went scuba diving. First time I ever went, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's a bucket list item, but it's something that I always thought about doing. And um, I've, this last couple of years, last year or so, I've been dealing with some um, respiratory issues, trouble breathing, that type of thing. I've, I've talked to, I've, I've had, actually I've had a bunch of tests done this year. And one of the things they found out is that I have a upper respiratory uh, obstruction. So, which basically it's like asthma. Now I've never been diagnosed with asthma before. Even when I was in the Marines, uh, I had a hard time breathing when I was running, never diagnosed, like went through most of my life. I'm 46 today. Not I'm, Today's not my birthday. I'm just 46 at the moment of recording this, which is today. I think you guys can understand that <laughs> as of today, 40, you know, 45 and a half years of my life, never knew that I had potential asthma. Now this could be like late on onset asthma. So in other words, I may not have had it my whole life. We're getting off course here, but I, this is important. So I, uh, went scuba diving and even though it, for me, it was a terrifying experience purely from a, uh, respiratory situation because like I, when I put the, the wetsuit on, it was super tight on my chest. Like I had a hard time breathing and that caused a little bit of anxiety and panic, right? Like I had to really, really focus. I had to like really focus on some breath work and change, take my mind off of it. But it, it like, it was bothering me. 
more so when I was out of the water than in the water. When I was in the water, my brain's thinking about, okay, breathe, swim, you know, all the stuff you're supposed to do when you go scuba diving. So we go out, that's in the pool, and then we go out in the ocean, and, you know, the first five minutes, uh, unsettling. But then I get in there, and I I use some uh, magic mindset mojo stuff, and I start to enjoy it, and I'm able to get through the whole thing. And it was a fun experience. Had lots of fun doing it. So we could look at that and say, well, like, okay, it didn't, I wasn't being pulled towards scuba diving, right? Like something I really, really enjoy because I've never done it before. So there's resistance there the first time I've done it because it's new, because there's challenges there. And so in, on, the, uh, on the outside or at the surface level, rather, no pun intended, but at the surface level, it can seem like, oh, this isn't something that I'm good at. It's not something I'm going to enjoy. Therefore, I want to avoid it completely, right? The first time you do something, it's always going to be the hardest. It's literally the hardest time you're ever going to do it is the first time you do something. And I don't care what it is. The more you do it, the more competent you get, the more confidence you have, the more you enjoy it. That's just the reality. I, you know, I've, I've, done, I've done all kinds of stuff. I've done skydiving, I've done snowboarding, uh, you know, skateboarding, all the, the bunch of different stuff, rappelling out of helicopters, fast roasting out of helicopters, like mountain climbing, whitewater rafting, like all kinds of adventure sports. I've done most of them. And, you know, I enjoy most of those things. But the first time you do it, you suck at it, usually, for the, for the most part, you suck at it. And so I, I want to make sure there's a distinction there that we're not talking about you know, not being good at something because it's the first time that you've, you know, you, you've never done it before. It's the first time. So it's like, I don't really want to go snowboarding. I've never done it before. I'm scared about it. Therefore it's, you know, it's pushing me away from that. Uh, you know, it's pushing me away from that activity. Maybe I shouldn't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about beginnerness. I'm talking about where you have to force yourself to do things every single day, right? Versus you will do these things every single day versus whether you get paid for it or not. Like you just enjoy doing it. And that's how I am with the coaching. Like I enjoy the coaching aspect. I would do it for free even if I wasn't getting paid for it. Now, obviously I want to get paid for it, but I enjoy it so much that I would do it for free right? That's, that's pulling me towards it uh, because it, it, it's something that I'm interested in. Something that's pushing me away can be things like doing marketing. Uh, it's a lot easier to market your business to a local market. Like when you own a contracting company, it's very easy. I should say it's easy. It's easier and it's a lot more fun, in my opinion, to market at a local level. But with my coaching business, I'm marketing uh, to some aspect on an international level, but for sure, uh, at, you know, to the whole country, North America. I have clients in Canada and the U.S., so really North America is the, you know, my target area. And now you're talking about marketing at a much higher and a much more difficult scale, and I don't enjoy it at all. Like, it, it's draining. It drains my energy Anytime I have to start doing like Facebook ads or, you know, TikTok ads or anything like that, 
I can do organic stuff all day. If you're on my TikTok, if you're following me on TikTok, hundreds and hundreds of videos on there, that's easy. That's easy stuff. Trying to come up with an ad campaign and the ad creative and the copy and all that stuff, very difficult for me. I don't enjoy it at all. It's pushing me away from it. Okay. So I'm just trying to set the tone here of some things uh, of like the definition, if you will, of like what I'm talking about. Now, another way we can look at it is uh, toward or away. So there, it's, it can be push, pull, or towards or away. So is it pushing us away or is it pulling us in? Or is it, are we moving towards something or are we moving away from something? Okay. I don't care which one of those that you want to use, but that's, that's what we're talking about. You can see these terms used interchangeably on the internet if you, if you look into this stuff. But what's important here is that we all have an internal drive towards something and we have an external resistance away from something or things. So it's not obviously not just one thing, it's different things in our business. So look, let's look at uh, some examples of internal drive versus external resistance. Internal drive is like you could basically do anything, right? For me, internal drive, I love shooting sports. I love the shooting sports. I go shooting on average at least twice, two matches a month, uh, like, like local club matches. And I do somewhere between six and 10 uh, sanctioned matches throughout the year. Uh, in the past, I, I would even shoot way, way more. I've kind of backed off a little bit as my son gets a little bit older, a little bit less priority for me. However, I'm still involved in it. Went to the world championships, uh, was it three weeks ago? I think it was three weeks ago I went to the world championships. Uh, didn't do as well as I had hoped, finished 12th place. That's okay, in, you know, in my division. Uh, still had a lot of fun. But for me, that's internal. Like I have to go and practice this on my own. Nobody's telling me, "Hey, Brad, you need to you need to dry fire, you need to go to the range and practice, you need to do this, you need to do that." That's an internal drive. I want to do that. I got to pay money. I got to pay a match fee. I got to drive. the The world championship was at Talladega, Talladega, Alabama, at the CMP Marksmanship Facility. It's a beautiful facility. If you ever get a chance to go there, I highly recommend it. They also sell a lot of the uh, CMP is the program that sells uh, military uh, surplus guns. So you can buy M14s, M1s. I don't think they have 1911s there. But anyways, you can buy all these D-mill guns. They sell them there. But it's a, it's a beautiful range. Long story. I got to drive down there. It's a six-hour drive. I got to get a hotel for two nights. I got to pay my match fee. I got to you know load my bullets. I got to do all this. It's a three-day three affair. For me to go do something that takes a lot of energy, that's an internal drive for me, right? I don't, I don't have to like, you don't have to make me, I don't get paid for that, nothing. It's an internal drive. So internal drives, you can do anything you want. Uh, it's a, you're extremely creative. Like you have, you know, it's very easy for you to be creative in that environment. Uh, the work is easy. And even though it's hard, it's easy. So like for me, doing dry fire, you know, drawing my gun, pulling the trigger on a blank target in my office or at home, or even going to the range and shooting live fire rounds. Uh, at the heyday, I was shooting like a thousand rounds a month, you know, somewhere between 10, 10 to 15,000 rounds a year. Uh, it's how many rounds I was shooting. It's a lot, it's, it's a lot of work, 
but it's easy because it's something I enjoy so much, right? So the work is easy and you can have zero criticism of self in this. Now, zero may be a little bit of a stretch. Like you can still criticize yourself based on how, you know, getting better, like make, you know, trying to get better, but you're not criticizing yourself like, oh man, you're such a dummy. You're such a moron. You can't do this right. And you can't do that right. And blah, 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 blah. I had three mental errors at the uh, world championships, stupid errors, like errors I haven't done in like six years since I started shooting for whatever reason, it just was, it was the day for mental errors. I'm not beating myself up and saying, Oh, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? You suck. You know, you're wasting your time. No, I'm not doing that stuff. It's like, okay, you know, you made this mental error. Let's try not to do it again. Right. That's not like you. It's not like you to make these mental errors. So let's not make it a habit. So that's internal drive. What is external resistance though? External resistance is like having an invisible wall around you. It's like having a wall around you that you can't escape. You can't see it. You don't know why it's holding you back and, but you just can't leave. You're trapped, right? That's it. That's the invisible wall around you. Creativity can be difficult in external resistance, lots of friction. You're, you're, every time you're trying something, it's a, it's a stumble, right? Now this is where that it can be tricky. Like if you're trying something new, the first time I ever shot a gun, uh, you know, I may, I may have sucked at it. Right. I, I still remember the very first time I went to an IDPA match. This was out of the military. I thought, you know, being in the Marines, actually being a marksmanship instructor, I was a marksmanship instructor in the Marine Corps. I had one of the highest rifle, uh, scores in boot camp, and I, you know, maintained my expert rifle status. The Marines listening to this would know what I'm talking about. Um, so expert pistol, everything. I was, you know, I was really good at shooting. The very first IDPA match I went to, which was a local match, I thought I'm gonna like destroy all these guys. Like these guys don't even know I have military training. Like I'm, I'm an instructor. I'm really good. And I showed up and uh, I didn't embarrass myself, <laughs> but I definitely, I definitely got a big, big humble pie the first, the first day I showed up um, because I didn't realize the difference between understanding tactical shooting and tactical, uh, you know, situations compared to competitive shooting. And they are different. Um, it, it was a, it was a big wake up, but it was also a motivator. So again, like, this external resistance where you have uh, lots of friction. There was lots of friction for me the first time I went because it was a, a rude awakening. And after that, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours, you know, practicing draws, practicing reloads, like really, really, really trying to get good. And within a year and a half, I was at a master, master level shooter, uh, which is a pretty quick, it's a pretty quick ascension in the shooting sports to go from, you know, never shooting it to a master in a year and a half is pretty, it's not, it's not unheard of by any means, but it's definitely not, it's in the upper echelon of, of shooters. So I, I want to make sure you're clear, like, like the friction is not when you're doing something new, it's every time you do something, whether it's the 30th time or the 300th time, there's friction there, Right you don't want to do it. That's the external resistance 
And then also in here comes lots of criticism. Lots of criticism. One of the things that I do a lot of, and I actually even just did this today on a coaching call with the clients, with my clients, is I have to constantly challenge them and and encourage them to remove the head trash and the limiting beliefs around specific things, especially if it's something new, right? If you if again, if it's new or you're not good at it, if you have external resistance toward this, if it's pushing you away, it's going to be difficult. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't overcome some of these things. It's just going to be difficult and not natural. The conversations that we were having today on the coaching call was around one of his lead guys doing a job and it not being done correctly. And one of the other lead guys came in and had to fix it and was kind of complaining about the other guy. And my client, the owner, was now going to have to have a conversation with this lead guy who may or may not be a little sensitive towards his quality. Cause let's be, let's be real. I've said this a hundred times. We all have egos around our quality and as craftsmen, we hang our egos on our quality. And so when someone challenges your quality, there's a good possibility for, for friction there. And so we worked through that, even role played it. I had him, you know, I role played as the, his, his, um, his lead guy. And then we switched it and I role played it. Like I was the, I was him and he was the lead guy and really kind of gave him a, um, an example of like what that may look like, because this is not natural. If I had my client go out and he needed to remodel a bathroom, right? That's internal drive. That's pulling him towards that. No problem. It's easy. He can be creative. He can do anything. Outside of his internal drive is the external resistance. He has to have a difficult conversation with his, his employee. Lots of resistance, lots of friction, right? Hey, just a quick timeout from the show. In the next 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you exactly how you can transform your contracting business. Imagine being part of a community of winners where you can find out exactly what they've done to be successful. That's exactly what you get when you join the Profit Club. But it's not just a community. You get lifetime access to all of my course-related material, including all future material that I add. But wait, there's more. Each week, you'll get access to three group coaching calls to talk about sales, marketing, and business problems and answer any questions that you may have. Still not convinced? How about personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you overcome your limits? And here's my promise to you. I guarantee you will double your investment within 90 days or I personally will work with you one-on-one -on -one until you do. So don't wait. Elevate your game with The Profit Club today. Now let's get back to the show. Now, as business owners, sometimes we have to do the things that we have resistance towards. It's just a requirement. We have to. And one thing that you can do to get past that is a lot of times we have external resistance because we're not good at it. And that goes back to that, you know, when you're new at something, you have a lot of resistance and you really got to be able to discern the difference. Like, am I having resistance because I just don't know how to do it? Or am I having resistance because I really, 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 really hate doing this, right? It drains energy out of me. My wife is a, uh, she's a professor and she does a lot of public speaking. Um, she does a lot of interaction with people on a daily basis. 
like talking to lots and lots and lots of people. She's done public speaking in front of hundreds of people. She's really, really good at that. But she is a, um, what do you call it? I just forgot the name of it. Um, Gosh, dang it, Brad. Remember, (laughs) she's an introvert. There you go. She's actually an introvert. So, like, if we go to public places, uh, it's difficult for her. We went to the Colts football game a couple weekends ago. Took my son because he wanted to go. We got some tickets, you know, set up to 70,000. There probably wasn't maybe maybe about 50,000 fans there. The stadium holds 70,000 at Lucas Oil. And uh, lots of people there. And she, like, for her, a lot of resistance a lot of resistance. And I know this about her. And I'm like, well, why would you want to come to the game? She's like, well, because if it's something I want to do, she likes football. She actually, she actually likes football more than I do. She's like, I want to go. I can push past the resistance because it's something I really want to do. I enjoy the football. I just don't like large crowds. I push past the resistance. Right? If she did, if it was like a, if we were taking her to like a, a an MLS game, a soccer game, she doesn't care for much for soccer and we had to go, it would be a different story. She would not like it whatsoever, right? So that's those are some examples of like how resistance can affect your life. So the next thing I want to talk about here is how this, how this applies to us as being craftsmen and or a business owner. As a craftsman, we move towards the craft. I just made a video, actually recorded it. I'm going to run some ads. I also posted it on TikTok, but I'm going to run some ads to it. But it's a video of me, and you if you've seen this, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a video of me standing in front of my my uh, transit van with all my tools in there. And it's very organized. I had custom-made uh, racks for my DeWalt tool uh, tough box system to slide in there. It's very organized, custom-built shelving. Like, it's clean. I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn here. It's very organized. Most people are jealous of it. Okay. The problem as craftsmen, because we are good at the trades and it pulls us towards those things because we're good at it. It's easy for us to buy tools. It's easy for us to buy equipment. It's easy to spend hours and hours and hours watching YouTube and TikTok videos to get tips and tricks on how to cut this and how to set that and how to pour this and how to build that. Like we can consume hundreds of hours of content to better our craft. Right. And I'm convinced that the reason why home improvement uh, TV shows and home improvement content on the social media does so well is because the majority of the consumers are other tradesmen trying just trying to learn tips and tricks. If I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see somebody talking about, you know, here here is a shortcut on how to build a deck. I'll watch it. I'm interested in that. Even though I'm I don't ever plan on building a deck again. I don't ever plan on putting the tool belt on again. I will watch that video in its entirety. To be like, oh, yeah, that's that's actually a good tip. Or the other side is that we like to criticize, right? Oh, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. Tell me, you're, tell me you don't know what you're doing without telling me you don't know what you're doing. You, you guys are all done that. I know you're shaking your head because you're all guilty of that. 
So from a craftsman perspective, that is pulling us towards that, the content, the tools, all of that. And that video, the problem with being a craftsman is that buying a lot of tools and being efficient and having all this cool stuff and organized, that's, that's good to have that. But none of that stuff will teach us about business, no matter how awesome and cool your tools are it's not going to teach you anything about business and so as a craftsman we are pulled towards the field we're poured we're pulled towards the trade towards what we're good at what has the least amount of friction what allows us to be creative and we go away from the business side of things we go away from dealing with irate customers we go away from sending out invoices and doing estimates. We go away from hiring people. I know this may upset some of you, but when you hear someone say, I've had 10 guys and it was just too crazy and now I only have four and I enjoy it much better, that's not because having a smaller company is a better business model. It's because that person had too much resistance in their business to doing the things that are required to own a bigger business. Now, this is not to say that one's better than the other. I don't care if you're a one man show and you work on the tools and maybe you just do custom stuff and you only do five jobs a year. It takes you two months to do each job and you make plenty of money and you're completely happy. Then you shouldn't even be listening to this podcast, to be honest, because this is about business. If that's you, that's great. Keep doing that. But if you're listening to this and you are on the tools and you don't want to be on the tools, part of the problem is because you are moving towards the tools because you're good at it. And more importantly, you're moving away from the business side of house, which is what you need to learn how to do. But you have so much resistance towards that. You keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. This is, this is the key part of this what I want to talk about today. See, as, you know, as we move, uh, as we move away from the business stuff, because, you know, as a tradesman, we move away from the business stuff because the financial things are hard. The marketing is tough. The hiring is tough. The leadership's tough. The building the systems is tough. The technology is tough. Can't tell you how many guys that I talk to, you know, have a very successful business like, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars or even the millions of dollars. And they're like, uh, I need, I need to get organized because it's just too crazy. I can't, I'm working 70 hours a week. You know, there's just too much stuff I need to get organized. I'm like, okay, well, are you using like a, like a project management software? No, I just write everything down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and I'm like, well, first, that's amazing that you built a business like that. Secondly, you're going to have to implement some technology. Yeah, but Brad, I'm just not very good at technology. See, that's the resistance to something new. And sometimes it's that initial, I'm not good at it because I've never done it before. But in reality, if you actually tried it, you may find out that you're actually better at it than you think. And so then you may actually enjoy it. But a lot of times this initial resistance because it's new we just automatically assume that we suck at it. 
the reality of it is we can be good at anything if we put enough effort into it. It's just some things are going to be harder to to do. You're going to have more friction. You're going to have more resistance, but you're still capable of doing that versus other things are going to come naturally and easily. Shooting for me comes naturally and easily, right? So th that's where the d distinction of like, is this, am I having resistance because it's brand new or am I having resistance because I'm truly not good at it? And you need to get past the the new part to really discover if if it's if it's because it's new or because you're not good at it or because it's not what you you know what you want to do. So as a business owner, this is the other side. And this is why I often say from a business perspective, the people who come into a, a trade business who don't have any trade experience generally do better in business because they're not relying on their ability to work on the tools. See, to go from craftsman to businessman is a lot harder than to go from businessman to craftsman. Because as a craftsman, our safety net is with our hands, right? As a businessman, our safety net is with our brain and how we do things. And, you know, businessmen don't like going out on the tools. And so they have to hire people to do that job. And that's why a lot of times people that start businesses who've never actually done that trade end up being a lot more successful and uh, doing well because they, they can't do the trades. They can't go back out in the field and save the day, which is what most craftsmen do, which is why you're stuck on the tools. Businessmen, you know, they, um, they move away from the craft side of it, which is what I just said. They using tools for them can be hard. Like that can actually be hard to do. Manual labor can be hard. As I've spent a couple of years now in the, in the uh, office, not out in the field or out in the field at all. Um, it's harder for me to go. If I want to do like a project around the house or something, it's a little bit harder for me to pick up the tool belt and do stuff. I'm still fully capable of doing it and I can still do it really well. It's just harder for me because I'm, I'm more removed from that part of the business. Um, and then last thing, like culture for, for a lot of businessmen, the culture that's on the job site can be difficult, right? There's a specific kind of teasing and masculine culture that's on a lot of job sites. And, you know, for some people that may be difficult to try to fit in. It's the proverbial, like when you're doing larger projects and you have an architect and you have a construction manager and a superintendent, you know, those are the dummies with the white shirts and don't know anything. And you're the tradesman, uh, you know, who's, who builds America, right? America. And then from their perspective, like they're the ones that have all the smarts and you're just the dumb laborer that thinks he knows everything, right? Like that's the, that's the typical, you know, breakdown between a craftsman and a business owner. Um, though I can tell you though, that some of the more respected and well-rounded businesses are the guys who went from being a craftsman and then migrated to being a business owner and made that switch successfully because they've been on both sides of the coin. And so they have a more appreciation for the field guys. They have more appreciation for the work being done, but they also understand the business side. So people that move, are able to successfully go from craftsman to businessman usually have a more round, more well-rounded, respected 
business, but people that come straight from business generally do better financially, at least because they're in their office, crunching numbers, looking at Excel spreadsheets, looking at production rates, blah, 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 but they're not connected with their team. Right. So just keep that in perspective. So the good news about all of this is that if you understand what is pulling you and you understand what's truly pushing you, remember, not that, not the fake pushing, not the fake resistance of being new, but truly pulling you away uh, or pushing you away, however you want to word that. If it's, if it's pushing you away or it's pulling you and you know the difference, it's a lot easier to build your business around that. But I would venture that most of you have never even heard of this concept. Have I shouldn't say most. Some of you have never even heard of this. This is the first time you've ever even heard about pushing or pulling or moving towards or moving away and resistance and all that stuff. And it might be eye-opening. And it's like that's because you've never taken an inventory of this stuff, which is one of the things that you should do and what I'm going to give you as an action step here in a minute. But the good news is that you don't have to be really good at everything in your business. You just need to be able to identify what you're really good at and what you're not good at and what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And so like if you're a craftsman now on the tools and you you have identified, uh, I'm not good at marketing. I don't know how to do marketing. Perfect. You can hire a marketing agency or a marketing person to do that for you. You don't have to go and spend, you know, a hundred hours of your time learning how to do marketing. You can just hire a marketer. But if you don't understand like, oh man, this is so hard. I wish I could just get it and figure it out. And you just struggle. You're on the struggle bus that, you know, for years and months because you're trying to figure out marketing. It's like, dude, why are you doing that? Just hire someone. You don't need to, you don't need to make all your weaknesses strengths. You do what you're good at hire out the rest. So if you're not good at bookkeeping, hire a bookkeeper. I, to this day, do not know how to do payroll. I've never done it. I don't care to know how to do it. And, and that's perfectly okay because I've always hired a bookkeeper to do my payroll. And some people will be like, oh man, that's easy. Like it only takes 15 minutes a week to do payroll. Why are you paying someone, you know, three, four, five, six hundred dollars a month to do payroll. It's super easy. I don't care if it's easy. That's not the point. The point is not, is it easy? The point is, where is my resistance at? And I should be doing the things that I'm good at, not trying to get better at the things I'm bad at. So I hire that out. You don't want to be on the, on the tools anymore. You're going to have to hire out a lead guy. But to do that, you're going to have to build some systems. Right. So some of this you may have to go through and, and push through some of this resistance to get there. But knowing on the back end that, hey, if I if I push through this for a short period of time on the back end, the benefit is I'm going to be able to get off the tools. Right. But taking uh, inventory. This is your action steps. Take an inventory of the areas of your life where you're really good at stuff and it just comes easy. You don't even have to think about it. You can just do it. For some of you, that could be sports. Others, it can be, you know, accounting. My bookkeeper that I hired, she is a Profit First certified 
uh, bookkeeper and CPA. And she's like, I love this stuff. I geek out on Excel spreadsheets and QuickBooks and numbers. She is in her elements, right? She is pulled towards the numbers and the accounting stuff. I am heavily pushed away from that. I don't like the math. I don't like the financials. Never have, never, probably never will. I do what I need to do to run my business, but I don't enjoy it. So any of that I can push away, I do. And so the beauty is that there are people in the world who counter what you do. If you don't like financials, you hire someone that loves financials. If you don't like marketing, you hire someone who likes marketing. If you don't like manual labor, you hire someone that likes manual labor. That's what you do in business is you do what you're really good at, and then you hire out the rest. So take inventory of the areas of your life where you're really good at. Take inventory of the areas of your life that you don't like doing. Make a list so that you know the things that you need to outsource, okay? And start moving towards the life feeling, filling, not feeling, filling activities and move more away from the, from the life draining activities as much as you can. And that can include people too, by the way. You can have relatives that are life draining. You know what I'm talking about. Stay away from them as much as possible. And then the last step here, once you've identified all those things, send me a message, either comment, uh, text, email, I don't care. Send me a message with your list, just two lists. Say, uh, you know, I don't care how you label it, uh, moving towards or pulling, you know, this, this pulls me, this pushes me, give me your two lists and then send it to me. And then I can give you some recommendations of like how to move away more away from the, you know, the ones that are, are pushing you away and move more towards the ones that are pulling you, uh, send that to me, comment on my Facebook, YouTube comments, uh, text. I don't care. If you send me that list, email, text it, I will respond to you with some recommendations on how to further like uh, explore that and further dive into it and, and to make that to make your business and your life have less friction and move you more towards um, something that is what you want to do, which is giving you energy. Guys, I hope this was information that was uh, helpful to you. It's a very interesting topic. You know, the mind is so powerful. There's lots of different things we can talk about with the mind. But this is one that's been on my mind lately with the push-pull. And I hope it makes some sense. Do me a favor. If this was helpful, go leave a review for me on your favorite platform. It just helps to uh, build the podcast up to reach more contractors to make a, a more impact in the industry so that it benefits all of us. Okay? So I appreciate you hanging out with me. You know where to find me, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Just search for Hammer and Grind Podcast. You can find me there. Shoot me a message. Let me know what's going on in your business. And until next time, guys, remember, profit is not a dirty word.